catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour podcast. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on... <coughs> Dang. <laughs> you went through time. puberty right there. I did. The Kev on stage. They say said that his voice cracked. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. He was like, I was talking. It was like, oh, and he was like, oh. <laughs> my poor baby. His uh, voice keeps talking. I um cracking. I told him recently because his voice is getting like really he's 13. So he's going oh. through puberty. His voice gets really deep. And so the other day I told him, when you talk to me, take all the bass out of your throat. Talk to me only in soprano. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are joined. I'm so excited to be back because it, it, the holiday, we dropped an episode over the holiday break, but we didn't record yeah, an episode. It feels like we've been a minute. So it does feel like it's, we've been gone um, quite a while, but we didn't miss an episode. Shout out to Consistency. Hey, the word of the year. Uh, we are joined this week by Morgan Johnson. And she's going to teach you how to cheat on your spouse and get away with it. Hello. <laughs> Morgan Johnson is a relationship counselor and trust recovery specialist. And I am so excited 
for this conversation. You guys know I um, try to touch base with all of my guests at least once before they come on the podcast to kind of get a feel for like, this is why I love you. This is why I want you on the show. Uh, hey, nice to meet you. This is why I love you. Yes. And um, this is kind of what I was thinking the episode topic could be. And I always have like, honestly, I should like record those conversations because I have some of the best conversations with my guests before mm. we're actually on the podcast. Um, and Morgan's was, I just kissed the mic. Mm. It's my own, so I guess it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just still, your mouth. Yeah, it's still gross. Um, anyway, a, a stand-up comedy club mic, like I did, oh. I almost just melted right on the stage. Mm. I lost all my jokes. I started sweating. I, was I remember how many people have kissed and licked oh. and spit on that mic, and I was just like, "I'll just die now." Yeah, that's how you feel. <laughs> it was terrible. That's so gross. Um, anyway, I had or a conversation. Mic? That's even oh, worse. They've just been casting out demons. <laughs> Get out of there! You know, sweating all over it, Ugh. and they never clean these on church. Mics. Never. The devil is right in here. Yes. <laughs> you think the devil's? Hell, he's, he's in the, the mic. mic. <laughs> um, and so, he's in the feedback and the monitors. And he's in the, Sorry, for sure. I'm it over. Um, uh, anyways, we have Morgan on the podcast. I'm super excited. I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself. Tell us um, how you got started and where you're from and all of those things. Yeah, so I'm Morgan Johnson. I'm from Austin, Texas. Hey, um, keep Austin weird. Yeah, always. <laughs> I did my master's in 2011. So I've been practicing since about um, 2015 because I took some time off. I okay. actually have a background in the music industry. So oh, really? Yeah, I was a tour manager and I play bass, electric bass and drums kind of. So Hold up, big boy. Yeah, I had this, I had this you was other the, life You were slapping a bass <laughs> Yeah. You were slapping a bass yeah. <laughs> wow. So even after my master's, I um, took some time off. And I moved to Brooklyn and I was a tour manager there for a hot minute. And then I finally decided to move back and um, met up with a mentor in Austin. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, go back, sit for your boards, get going, get practicing. And so um, I sat for my boards and then I started working at a relationship counseling center. Wow. Because in my training, I'd worked with teens and I felt really burnt out. I was like, mm. I don't need to, these are not the problem. I need to talk to their parents. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to talk to these get to parents the root of that. get to the root. And so um, I started working with couples in the end of 2015 and just fell in love with it and started specializing in trust wow. recovery just because that was the um, where I was working. That was kind of what was. The I just have to know what kind of music did you play i played rock and roll that's awesome yeah. <laughs> what that's <Yeah>. so awesome <laughs> you need to love your spouse yeah. <laughs> love is the way love is the way Trust and recovery. That was their really exact the, that, song. The music industry, and I was a bartender before. That's been the best training for doing the work that I do. I bet you. I bet that bartending not. thing. Because people yeah. in there trying to drink that pain away. Oh, yeah. No one is going to no one's gonna overwhelm me. I'm unflappable. I, I'm going to stop you if you're yeah. being aggressive in front of me. I know how that to is, throw a grown man about. out the back of a bar. So no I one's going to upset me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, Morg, you, how old are you? Can you ask that? I'm sorry. Women, don't ask how. Uh, cut to an ad. Ah, I just—that's a lot of stuff to happen, and then be like. I love that you had a whole life before. Okay, yeah, let's just and move then on. and then relationship counseling, and then relation. I think that's fantastic. That's like super intriguing. I obviously didn't know that at all, uh, but that's super cool. I'm super excited to that know that about. I didn't get that in the call. We didn't go that far. <laughs> I was just kind of fanning out. Um, and I'll tell you um, why I started fanning out. So if you guys know, I, I'm not licensed at all. I just be reading a whole bunch of stuff. And um, I love Esther Perel. I love Gottman. And Morgan is like studying up 
Esther Perel, um, Gottman, and there's another one, isn't emotionally there? Focused emotionally focused therapy. Focused therapy. Yeah, so you can just like, call it EFT. EFT. Okay. So I love reading all of that stuff. I've never studied it, obviously, in depth. But um, when I started following Morgan, I would see her post, and I'm like, ooh, she follows Esther. Ooh, she does Gottman stuff. Ooh, she does e- EFT. EM, emotional focus, EFT stuff. Shout out, I think I like her. Um, and so I just connected and reached out and I'm like super excited. So how, I have this question, how did you get into like specifically the trust recovery aspect, especially coming from like the music business, then doing teens and then going like focusing specifically on trust recovery? So the center where I landed to begin my internship, that was their specialty already. It was kind of complex cases. Uh, my colleagues say I'm really best with like, a dumpster fire, just like mm. the more conflict, the more distress. And that was the way that, that I was trained. Oh. Um, Gottman is a great model for that as well as EFT. So I just luckily happened to just land in a great place where that was what we were Got primarily it. working with. That's cool. Did you have something you wanted to say, Kevin? I asked her how old she was. I just want to kind of move on. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear no, you. No, don't answer. You didn't? No, I didn't hear you. God dang it. No, he I brought it up again. Uh, let's just move on, Liz. This or that, this or that. Okay, so let's do the better, <laughs> this, this or that question. Um, I'm super excited for this conversation. I think it's going to be a fantastic. So anyway, we always start with a that or this, this or that question, which I haven't done in quite a while, I think. Did I do it the last time we were? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Didn't okay, do. let me see if I can find one. I started to look oh, you for one, one for earlier. Today? Hold on. I started to look for one and shout I got all the way sidetracked. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Let's do. Okay. You have the ability to return to your preteen school age self. Would you rather use this new ability to befriend and hang out with your son or your parents? Oh, this is a great question. That is a good one. You have the ability for only one week. With whatever option you choose, you go to the same school and be involved in one extracurricular activity that your son or your parents were involved in. The only rule is that you cannot reveal who you are in relation to. So you you can't tell your son that I'm actually your parents. You can't tell your parents that I'm actually your your child. Oh. This is a great question. It's so creative. Okay, guess first. Ooh, I feel like I would want to go as a kid and play with my mom. Like, play with on your the mom? Playground. Yeah, totally. And not let her know. That would be so wild. <sighs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Kev? I already read my kids' text messages, so I know what they'd be on. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I don't really do that because I don't know what I want to find. Man, that's, I, I think. It's weirder to think about it with kids. It is. I would really <laughs> want to see what my kids act like at home, yeah, outside of the home. Like, man, what y'all be talking about? And are y'all cool? Do people like y'all? <laughs> are y'all bullies? Are you getting bullied? Because you know they ain't telling you the truth. They don't they be telling home, the full truth. Mm-hmm. But to see what my mom was like before she had kids, she before she had to tell me to go to bed, like, what was she like at 14? Definitely parents. My dad was probably a nerd, though. He had them glasses on. Like, Ooh, I play the sax. That's your answer? That's my answer. Man, I don't know. Because with my kids, I feel like I want to see, like, how, I, as a parent, how I've raised you. Right, right, right. How you mm-hmm. turned in. Like, what are you like at school? But I realized I don't know anything about my parents pre-me. Right. You know, I know I have an idea of how my kids mm-hmm. are like by their friends and their choices and stuff like that. But my parents, they didn't exist to me until I was born in the world. 
Yeah, and they're kind of like your parent. Yeah, always. it's never like you didn't have a life before you right. had. Right, I actually never even kids. asked my mom. Like, I could ask her what was she like in school. I've never even asked that. Like, who did she hang out with? So definitely my parents. I would want to see what my parents were talking about. Okay, so I'm definitely going with my parents as well. I think my mom was doing coke. No, she wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but I think I'm going with my parent actually because I think it would give me a lot of insight and hopefully grace and how I interact with them later yeah. on in life. Because I feel like, child, who raised you? <laughs> y'all are out here being kooky. Is that to your parents? Uh, yes. Who raised y'all? Who raised y'all? <laughs> I got questions. Um, but if I got to see like how they were raised and their home environment and how they acted and stuff, it might help like me deal with them. But now that I have a bad relationship with my parents, I don't. Um, but it might just help me understand is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Understand them a little bit That was bit a better. good one. Whoever yeah. wrote that. You, you yeah, that a was a really good today. question. Uh, one of the things that I actually think sucks about uh, being a preteen is puberty. Because when you're going through puberty, your face breaks out. You sweat a lot. You feel like you have no control over your body. And it's just the worst thing ever. Um, but Bloom is here to help, child, whether you are an adult or a teen. Why? Because Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom is made with probiotics probiotics encourage you to make more good bacteria and as a result your body produces less bad bacteria so bo doesn't exist and you know when you have be a preteen bo bo be a whole entire i'd be going in the room like bro are y'all men listen do you work construction did y'all hoop in here (laughs) i often have to tell the boys go back into the shower and scrub under your arms and then come back out what y'all be doing and then put an antiprespirant on um, and so Bloom is definitely one of those. One of the things that they were um, just awarded was the best deodorant ever by the the New York Post, which is actually a pretty cool honor. Um, I really like them. I always use the coconut and vanilla sm- scent. It smells amazing. But for those men out there, they also have unscented and less fragrant options. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling fresh and super huggable. Right now, our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you go to bloom.com slash hour again that's bloom.com slash hour for 25% off your first stick and free shipping if you don't love it and feel amazing when you wear it return it for a full refund no questions asked that's bloom b-l-u-m-e dot com slash hour hour all right so let's get into it you ready ready all right so let's say for example someone has an issue in their relationship and they feel that trust is broken. They come to you and they say, Morgan, I'm struggling in my relationship. I don't trust this man. I don't trust this woman. That's a really nice way of saying it. Oh, I don't that, usually hear that oh, kind. Listen, I'm saying nice. Do they come to you before they cheat on each other or after? Both. Really? really? They say I'm about to cheat on my spouse? No, I have had people come in as individuals and say I'm actively in a relationship outside of my relationship oh. and I want to figure out how to stop it and then do relationship work. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I better cheat on her, bro. She tripping. <laughs> You're right. Premeditated. I don't know about this. Um, but, uh, one thing to start with, um, I'm not a huge fan of the word cheating. Oh, tell us. Really? Yeah, so I don't use like cheating or infidelity or um, some of those words are just really like packed with judgment and so I use the word relational norm violation mm-hmm. I know it's more of a mouthful you can just say RNV but relational it also relational norm violation tell us what That's that right. means so a relational norm violation just means that you had an understanding a shared norm in a relationship and someone went outside of that oh so that and is so more encompassing be, of because yes. really what matters to y'all relationship not an overall this is what relationships are blanket wise yeah it, it 
because we can betray each other or lose trust around so many things, especially now. It's not the kind of classic affair partner infidelity. I'll see, yeah. like, you know, student loan debt is a huge mm-hmm. relational norm violation. People say, like, surprise, I have seventy or $80,000 of student loan debt. That was yeah. not something that was a shared understanding or agreement, and yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah. And so it can cause a rip in the trust system. Okay, so I have R&Bs. a question. R and emotional norm violation. So relational, um, relational. You can say R and V. R and V. Let me write it down, Chuck, because I'm a forget. Um, so one of my questions is R and V. One of my questions is: a lot of times, do you think that norms go unspoken? Yes. Like we actually don't enter relationships with expectations, like explicitly stated yes a hundred percent i wish that every couple that was gonna get married would go in and do some almost preventative counseling go in before it gets bad the research shows that most people wait until six years when they've been distressed before going in so six yes they wait too long so most times when you're seeing me that's it's the seven year inch fire yeah it's, it's so you've really already bad. built resentment and contempt yes. and all that that's baked into the so i love it when people come in and they're like we have we're just started getting together we haven't gotten married yet but we want to mm. make a solid foundation that's the best because then we can make sure and have those conversations make sure that we have a shared set of norms and understandings and then we can kind of edit those and evolve them as we grow by continuing to have those open conversations there's no antidote for a relational norm violation we i can't give you an inoculation and prevent it the best way that we can do that though is to keep that open communication to be honest and transparent and to emotionally attune with each other or to connect emotionally because if we're attuned and connecting emotionally and we're talking about things that drastically reduces the risk for experiencing a relational norm violation so that was good People can have uh, like an open relationship mm-hmm. and still have a relational norm violation if yes, they've exactly. gone outside of whatever they're... I love that you asked that because I work with tons of people in open relationships and there's it's just more nuanced certain things. We so they have R&Bs even with yes, I was just even, talking in theory. I no, just want no, to sound you smart. Can, you could be in an open relationship and you could have a relational norm violation because maybe we have a process of adding in another partner and you did it secretly or you didn't tell. That counts And that as, has the same effect of still, like a... Yes, it'll still hurt the trust just like sense. it would in a monogamous relationship. That makes that sense. Is, mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I think, because um, like Melissa and I, we were talking about, we have different sets of friends, some saved, some unsaved. And like some couples don't mind their husband or wife going to strip clubs at mm-hmm. all. Like that's not an R and V at yeah, all. That's it, a norm for their like, relationship. Man, go mm-hmm. spend a little money, blow some steam off. But in our relationship, if I went to a strip club without Melissa's knowledge mm-hmm. and just came home smelling like somebody else's booty, I would sweat, have a problem. Yeah, I can tell you. my face that would be an R and V. Also, who was twerking? Damn, who was twerking? But um, I think that's really. Smart. That's what. So we have a lot of. This is an aside, but I think it's an important aside. We have a lot of fans of the Love Hour who are not married, mm-hmm. and I think this is a perfect example of why you can learn this stuff mm-hmm. before you get married. Please and it's, do. It's yeah. a better foundation because so so much of our. We talked a couple episodes ago about your your money story. Like, how do you mm-hmm. see money based on the way you're raised? Mm-hmm. And I, you just click that. You can have a a a, a blank story for everything. In everything your life. in life. You know, pay uh, like cleaning or, or uh, uh, spending money or vac- like all you have all those things about sex. You know, mm-hmm. affection. Did you like? Uh, we've got a lot of Nigerian f- friends, and their parents very rarely show any affection mm-hmm. ever. Like they never see each other kiss, so they think that's weird to hug and kiss. But my kids see me kiss Melissa and mm-hmm. hug her all the time. So 
at least learning that about yourself prior to going to a relationship makes you that much better of a potential partner. Oh yeah, and then if you can take that step forward and then talk with your potential you know spouse about it, that is more than Melissa and I even had. That was good. Yeah. So one of the things I think comes up. Um, is you don't always even know that this is like an expectation that you have until it's violated. Yes, 100%. So how do you even, like what resources do people have? Maybe it's going to see you, Cha. Um, but like what are questions and things that you can get this information out of you so that way you can have that discussion? So um, I think one great book to start with is Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by mm. the Gottmans. You may have heard of that I one. Have. It really kind of outlines like what is a healthy relationship? What are all of the components? And it just gives you like those kind of buckets or those topics. So it's sort of like we need to have that financial discussion. We need to have that discussion about kids. We need to have discussion about all of those different pieces. That's one place that you can start. That's a good one. Also, just coming to someone like me, a relationship yeah. counselor, a marriage and family therapist. And, and you guys we can, know the questions Yeah, we know the questions to ask. So right. that's probably the easiest if it's something that you can mm-hmm. afford to do or doing a premarital workshop or group or something like that if you needed something that was a little mm-hmm. more financially accessible. Yeah, absolutely. So good. So then after, so they're in with you mm-hmm. and I, I feel like something that comes up a lot when these um, R&Vs are broken or happen, when what do you happens, say, when they yeah. happen? Okay, because it's already a violation. Okay, mm-hmm. um, when that happens, you don't even know like the first step in recovering the trust. So what are the strategies that you offer to people to say, I, I want to stick this out, I want this thing to work, but I don't even know where to begin? Yeah, so the way we begin is kind of helping them orient to a map of what our process is because it's kind of a triphasic recovery process. So Gottman would call it a tone, a tune, attach. Okay. In EFT, we're kind of looking at stage one as de-escalating the conflict and stabilizing Mm. in the second stage we're restructuring the patterns that that got us into the into this boat in the first place and then um, in the third stage we're integrating we're using all of our new skills to kind of move forward and and prevent that from happening and so um, stage one is honestly the hardest Mm. it's it's unfair it, it just really sucks. So the involved partner, so the partner who went outside the relationship or did the R and B, they have to kind of sit tight with Take their medicine. with the emotional stuff that because a lot of times that person maybe even had more pain to begin with, and that the offender, yes, the person, the the involved mm. partner can sometimes have a bulk of the pain, and they just didn't communicate it. Not condoning that, obviously, no, yeah, yeah. but it's un- inherently unfair for them because they have to sit tight until we can help stabilize the the hurt partner, the person who has just realized that this has happened, because Mm -hmm. if they're unstable and they're emotionally dysregulated, no amount of explaining Mm -hmm. from the involved partner can be absorbed. And I really want that. So I have to kind of help the involved partner here. Like, I want your partner to be able to hear you. They can't right now because of things like PTSD symptoms can even show up, especially especially in the West. Um, In America, we see a lot of PTSD symptoms, especially for white women, Mm -hmm. um, show up in in the aftermath of a relational norm violation. So when they first show up, our, our kind of stage one for sometimes eight weeks longer, I've got one couple who maybe it was like a half of a year before wow. we even really kind of got stabilized. It just depends on how intense the relational norm violation was. But once we get stabilized, we're kind of through the crisis, as mm-hmm. Esther Perel would say, mm-hmm. then we move into figuring out the insight. What? How did we get here? What actually put us on this path? Um, and the, the Gottman Institute has a really 
cool model. I just shared it on my Instagram, but mm -hmm. it's a 24 step. It's called the betrayal cascade. And it sort of shows you the steps that most relationships go through that lead up to an RNV. And so oh, it's so wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. So what you're saying is and Gottman's really good because he has the horseman too that can indicate yeah. divorce. So what you're saying is he's looked at whatever in his research and so Shirley many. Gla yeah, and Shirley Glass and Carol Rustbolt are the two that did it with him. So they look at all the of these. Yeah, shout out mm -hmm. to y'all. Um, you know, R&Vs that happen in relationship mm -hmm. and they have outlined. These are the steps that yes. normally. Here are 24 steps that we go through that lead to that experience. Ooh, can so, you share some of them? Yeah. So, um, your Instagram while you're getting your yeah, connect yeah. with I just put more. No, connect with Morgan Johnson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you pull it, if you pull it up, I've got it. Just um. Oh, I got it. Mm -hmm. You go by Jojo. Mojo. A Mojo. Yeah, because it's Morgan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> took me way too long to figure that out. But the, the um the crucial piece in that oh there it is so if you click on click on that. Uh, oh, a, a swipe. Page. It was a swipe. I yeah, so it starts out with one person turning away or against the other person. So that means like if a per if your partner is reaching towards you, you ignore them, you don't respond, or you turn against them. You're kind of sassy or mean to them. Then we start making negative comps um, about mm. that turning away. So like, my friend doesn't do that. Why do you do this to me? We have a negative oh, comps comparison. comparison. Mm -hmm. Then emotional distance starts That's to happen. That's a fair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then emotional distance starts to happen. You get a sense of like my partner isn't there with me. More flooding starts to happen when negative events are experienced or when we're in conflict. It gets louder. It gets bigger. We have a harder time doing repairs, mm. even if we have a repair process. Well, can I pause you? Yeah. Rumination is the... Is that, being Josh, unable to stop thinking about Okay, something. Josh gave us that word. So mm -hmm. that's the... Okay, she pissed me off, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, man, she's always pissing me off. Yeah. She's always pissing me off. And you're just ruminating. Oh, and this really drives me mad about what got she's it. up to. And then, and then your mind's this. just gathering more and more mm -hmm. of those. Okay, got it's it. sort of like all the negative stuff starts to stick to you. It's yeah. like a conflict absorbing yeah. state. Was what yeah. we'll see in a so then um, repairs stop working. If you have a repair process, you can mm. try it and we you don't feel closer afterwards. Yes. The cycle happens where we start having mm. blow ups. We avoid the conflict. We suppress it. And then um, we start avoiding self-disclosing at all. And that's where secrets kind of start happening. Oh, that's good because it's not mm -hmm. your secret beginning starts prior to the oh, yeah. R&V. Absolutely. It starts like, you know what? I'm and not, not even about the R&V. And it's not, not about the about your feelings, about, you know, just your experience with the other person. So now the R&V just goes into that secret there's, box that you've already been. Yeah, it's already there. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's a little secret box that you've yeah, started to create. Yeah, and it, the R&V mm -hmm. just goes in there. Yep, exactly. That's and good. this is how you can start mm -hmm. an emotional affair because you start talking to somebody else about that stuff you should probably self-disclose with your spouse, mm -hmm. you start sharing that with another person. Oh, yeah, and that's we're almost there. So bids for attuned connection decrease. So you stop reaching out for sex. You stop reaching out for intimacy and connection. Um, next, loneliness increases. You start decreasing your investment in the relationship. The dependency in your relationship decreases, and you start confiding in others more. If, you, if you've heard kind of you talk in private and in public, you yes. defend the relationship. Stan Tatkin talks about that. Mm -hmm. At this point, people start kind of talking to their friends about, oh, well, she does this or he does this, and it's awful. Um, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. So then sacrificing starts to decrease and substituting or finding what, what's not in the relationship in other places. Like yeah. maybe you don't have a nice intellectual bond with your partner, so you'd start chatting with a coworker who's really smart that you love to talk to. Things like that start Work happening. husbands. Yes, they be making brownies for you. 
<laughs> then um, defensiveness increases and maximizing your partner's negative traits increase. Mm. So instead of just saying like, oh, she had a bad day. She's just a bitch. I just, mm. you know, it goes to that kind of yep. bigger. Yeah, you, all, you go all the way in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we start minimizing positivity. We, we start verbally trashing and we stop verbally cherishing Let our partner. Let me pause you real quick, Mojo. Yeah. People are watching this like, oh, snap. I can see myself in Absolutely, these. I can yeah. see my spouse in these. And like, if you go get a counselor now. If you yeah. recognize any of these things showing up in your relationship, go to a counselor now. Yeah. Cut, nip it in the bud. Because this doesn't you. In my mind, I would never. I would never think of like a um, prequel. I'm, that's not the word. I know, but, but like, the movies don't show it that way. They show yes, you just have this right. like snap affair, and then it's just no. It starts it's, way back in the emotional way, attunement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang. Okay. I'm sorry. It no, was don't very, apologize. We're done. Don't apologize. We're almost done. So then, um, the story of us goes negative. So if I start, Ooh. if I asked you guys like, how did you meet? Both of you are gonna light up and yeah. tell me about it. If I ask a relationship in this boat. How what? How did you meet? Like, oh, yeah, well, I guess we met this way or whatever. It just goes negative. It, yeah. That story turns. She went to my high school, all right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of people went there. Exactly. And then resentment <laughs> builds and we start seeing our partner as selfish. Mm-hmm. Loneliness increases and vulnerability to other relationships starts to increase. Um, sexual desire reduces and then we become less pro-relationship. Mm. And then we start having those innocent new secret liaisons. And now we're almost to the last few steps. We put a wall up between ourselves and our partner. Once you put that wall up, you're going to get somebody else's walls. Yes. Somebody else like, oh, I got the emotional wall. I'm getting the physical wall over here. Well, Shirley Glass even uses a metaphor of walls and windows. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like where people on the outside of the relationship should just have a window that switches so that they've got the wall. From the the window to the wall. (laughs) From the the sweat drop down the balls. Oh, Oh, oh ski ski! The yeah. yin yang tans we're talking about are we're talking about R and V's from the window to the wall to the sweat in the balls. Oh ski ski! They I just knew we don't give them enough respect. They knew Shirley Glass's research. We That's just all. Had no idea. The yin yang twins should be <laughs> counseling research. It was like you know what? It was a this subliminal message in rap music. Y'all got to listen with your third eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the eye in your penis. <laughs> So <laughs> that's for another topic. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, secrets and deception increases. We start actively turning to others to have our needs met and find what's not in the relationship. And then by the 24th step, deception and boundaries have been crossed and so, relational norms have been violated fully. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody doesn't have to do all 23. Correct. correct. How that's many just do you main... think of like I could see one or two of these if oh, you go you too mean far, if you if you did like one or two of those behaviors, yeah, do like is there? I'm, this is probably a silly question, but is there like mm-hmm. a if you're doing four or five of these, you might be more susceptible? Is it the more you do, the more likely you are? No, is it it's work like more that? of a flow chart, so it's less like factors associated okay, with, it, and more it. of the like process or the okay, flow. Understood. But if you're looking at that first list of ten, and you're doing a few of those. Mm-hmm. That's why I'd say go ahead and get into a relationship counselor and make sure that you don't set yourselves up to go Got all it. the way. Because the last 14 are prophesying your future. Right. Because <laughs> that's, that's the way that... And you start to understand how, number one, how that six years happens. Because you're not going to go through all 24 of them. I mean, maybe you do go through all of them in a year. But typically... 
you maybe experience one and you're like, no, 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 I need to let me go back to my spouse. Let me try to work this out. Then you work it out. It doesn't work. So now you're at step two. Then maybe you try and it just starts to build over time. And then you just find which I thought this was so good. Why? When you said um, the person, the involved partner ends up with a lot of hurt, but they can't speak because they've gone through all of that. And maybe they were the ones reaching out Mm -hmm. and were feelings of rejection or whatever. Mm -hmm. They weren't met. Those needs weren't met. And now they've turned. Yeah. Involved partners don't do this because they're just bad people. This is because we've lost attunement. We've lost connection. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy to get blamey, but. Oh, yeah. Really, it's it's just a human thing that happens. Yeah. There's even a commandment about it or two. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, so good. Um. Ugh, that was a lot of information, but that was I like know. really. Tell me if I'm info dumping no. on no. Girl. no, 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 no. I think that was really ideas. yeah. That's okay. Right now, that's what we call it. If I know we, there was 24 steps and we just went through all of them, make sure that you guys um, go connect to yeah, yeah uh, Morgan's image. Instagram, and it's like <laughs> the Instagram post before the one she posted of the Love Hour, and it has all of those 24 steps out. Um, speaking of steps, you want to make sure that you get your steps in get your life together exercise <laughs> do all the things and while you're doing it child look cute i've been wearing my fabletic pants <laughs> she been wearing i ain't gonna lie religious i've been rocking these listen fabletic send me some more okay <laughs> i've been rocking these like non-stop in real life the thing that i love about them is that they are comfortable and they are cute i ask for nothing else in life <laughs> comfort and cute if you do these things listen what more can i ask um they allow you so much they have so many things available they have cute tops pants outfits they have jackets sports bras everything that you need to go out there and have a really good workout session and feel great while you are doing it's already hard enough to get out the bed and go to the gym the least i could do is get out the bed and feel cute on my way to going to the gym okay New Styles collections and prints are released every month and there's a Fabletics 45-day workout guarantee. Sweat it out for 45 days and if it doesn't perform, return it for a full refund. Fabletics is offering my listeners an incredible deal you don't want to miss. Get two leggings for only $24. That's a $99 value when you sign up for VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash love to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash love to get two leggings for only $24. Also, free shipping on orders over $49. Y'all know it's the holiday season. Y'all can take advantage of that real quick, fast, and in a hurry and save yourself a few coins. International shipping is available, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. Again, go to fabletics.com slash love. Um, The other thing I want to tell you, I love when we have female-founded companies. As you know, Fabletics is a female-founded company. It's founded by Kate Hudson. I also want to tell you about Lola. They are also a female-founded company company you guys know how much and how important what i didn't know that was kate hudson's company yeah that's cool yes that's goldie Hawn, baby yes it is mm-hmm. um lola though um is a female founded company that makes products specializing and targeted with women in mind this is so important if you haven't listened to the four women only series you need to listen to it because what we learned is that when condoms and lube and all of those things aren't made with women in mind we are at ph balance begin off mm-hmm. and that be causing all type of infection 
infections that we don't want, we don't need in our lives. We got things to do and having an infection ain't one of them. And so when you have a product um, that's made with us in mind, it helps to aid and prevent those things from happening. So what you want to do, you guys know we use the lube. I've used- We use that lube. You can go to 30, I mean, go to um, MyLola, or yeah, for 30% off your first month subscription, visit MyLola.com and enter Love Hour 30 when you subscribe. Again, 30% off your first month subscription. You're going to visit MyLola.com and enter Love Hour 30 when you subscribe. Um, so that uh, while I know we said that was a lot of information, but honestly, I think it was so good because I literally, as you were talking, you see dominoes falling. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you see that this is how you end up from here, how you end up there. And sometimes it's hard to see. I think when you're in a relationship that has a R and V, um, you miss those falling dominoes along the way. You just remember what was. And then you are confused, dazed and confused as to try to figure out how you got here. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that laid out, you start to, oh, I remember when that happened. Oh, I see when that happened. Oh, I remember. And then it all of a sudden it creates this bigger picture. Um, Really, really good information. So um, once you're in this and we've seen, you know, we're here with you. We've had this R&V. We recognize it. We want to rebuild it. How who's responsible Maybe that's not a great word, but I'm going to use it anyway for like rebuilding that trust. I would imagine the person that whose trust was broken, um, that takes a long time to like lean in and say, I want to trust you again. So how do you go through that without making the other person, the person who cheat or the person who did the R&V um, feel like they're hostage to this mistake? They kind of can feel a little bit hostage to the mistake at the beginning, Mm -hmm. especially in stage one. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're giving a lot of validation and support or the the therapist is Mm -hmm. and really letting them know that, like, I see the goodness in them and I see all of the good features in the relationship. I see the strengths. And so helping them to know, like, we have to get through this kind of painful period while your partner doesn't trust you, because unfortunately, the best way to know if you can trust someone is to to trust them and so it's really hard for for both people um can you can you specify a little bit more about what you were asking Mm, so i think you answered it though okay um definitely i one of the things yeah you did one of the things that you just said that i thought was really um key and we were saying um before we started actually was you gave the example of the um canoes Yeah. yeah so can you explain that yeah so um A metaphor that I like that a previous mentor gave me was when a couple comes in and there's been a relational norm violation um, or they're just in distress. It's sort of like they're sitting in a canoe facing each other, but leaned all the way out. And so they know that if just one person leans in, they're going to tip into the water. So what has to happen is both people have to steadily and concurrently lean in to meet each other. And that's how we grow trust. And so the path to do that or what the science shows, like, how do we actually build trust? Mm-hmm. There's a really handy acronym from Gottman and Yashimoto called ATTUNE, which is A-T-T-U-N-E. Mm-hmm. And so the steps that we kind of, this is like just the 30,000 feet view, um, we increase the awareness. 
So your awareness of your own emotions, your own body, and your awareness of your partner's emotions and mm -hmm. what's up with them. Um, T stands for turning toward. Have y'all heard that language from nope, the Gottmans? No. Oh, this is great then. Yeah. So um, bids, bids and turns <laughs> is a, a language they use, which is basically bid, bid, bid. and turn. So oh, bid. Um, a bid, I might be like, hey, look at that car outside. Y'all can respond to me in a few different ways. You can turn away from me, just not respond to me, which never heard of a human, car. Human, human, <laughs> yeah, just not even, just no, not even any words. Oh, just literally, look at that car outside. Me. Just ignore me. Yes, and human nervous systems hate that the most. Mm. A negative response feels better to our nervous system mm. than no response at all. Because as infants, we knew. Really? Yes, as infant babies, this is from attachment theory, we knew that we had to be responded to or we're kind of dead in the water. Mm. So you can, wow. also, you can also turn toward my bid. You can say, oh, yeah, cool car out there. Um, and you can turn against my bid. So you could be like, that's the worst looking car. Is that the car seen. you used to when you stepped out yeah, on me? Yeah, exactly. Oh, is that the one you went when you were zero to 60 on my heart? Yes, that is a, a beautiful <laughs> turn against. And so, so that, that betrayal cascade is basically slowly turning away and turning against. Got it. So yeah. when we want to rebuild trust, we have to start turning toward each other again. When our partner, you know, says like, oh, hmm, and we're like, hey, what's going on? Instead of, um, Gottman calls it sliding door moments. Um, after the after the movie, he um, tells a story where he saw his wife in the bathroom and she had tears on her face and he had a, a crime novel and he loves crime novels mm -hmm. more than anything. And so in that moment, he knew I could turn toward her, right. which this bid was her kind of just sitting there crying, mm -hmm. or I could go and read my novel. But in that moment, turning toward her, he was able to figure out what was going on and build a moment that created trust in the relationship oh that's good mm -hmm. so the the moment where someone is bidding mm -hmm. and it's met with rejection i'm mm -hmm. assuming that's where how it's met it with a turn against a or, turn or, against or, or a turn away just not responding okay but is that internalized as rejection yes yes it can absolutely be and mm -hmm. especially if if your attachment the way that you grew up in the world you had a parent leave or you're mm. you're sensitive already yeah, to feeling yeah. rejection then those can really hit your trigger. hit your system and and trigger Got it. yeah absolutely what letter were we on the other T the other okay, T okay. so um, thank you thank yeah. you so that was awareness um, that turning was awareness. towards yeah beautiful <laughs> awareness um, T is tolerance for other perspectives so we have to be able to hold your perception and my okay, perception yeah. just knowing that we're never going to see things exactly the same because we're different humans sure sure um, U is for understanding so being able to understand our partners that's a pretty obvious one N is for non-defensive responding Ooh, that's one that's that one. that's one that we do a lot of work with if yeah. you were coming into to my office is practicing that, learning how to just Man. be Especially active listeners. Oh yeah, it's really, really yeah. tough to just sit and listen when um, we're talking about stuff that's so painful and vulnerable. Yeah. Especially because involved partners, no one wants to hurt their partner that way. Right. This is not fun for anyone. Right. And then E is for empathy. So being able to actually imagine the other person's internal world, feel it as though you were really right. that person. I'm, I'm curious, do the... Hard. Can I use the term offended party? The um, involved partner? Involve, so the involved partner is the person who did the RMV. Yes. What's the other the person called? Partner. The hurt partner. Yeah. Do you find that when you're doing this, mm -hmm. does the hurt partner feel like you're taking their side? I was going to ask something they, similar. Because I feel like if, if Melissa did an RMV on me, would say mm -hmm. Idris Elba, because it better be someone of that caliber. <laughs> if you RMV me with the guy who fix, fixes machines, 
I'm be like, come on, man, give me Idris, okay? So if she did an R and V on me, and we came into your office, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, you gotta understand that she was feeling this way. I'm be like, man, how are you gonna take her side? She was over there with London oh, with Idris. Yeah, I can imagine this person is like, no, they're bad, right? Mm-hmm. Right, Morgan. And so, come on, my yeah, side. You're totally Tell right. them that they're bad, yeah. so I don't feel crazy that they did this on me. You and you I mean? can also feel. Um, more like vindicated in your anger if I feel like you agree with me. Yes. yes. And so it's a really delicate balance where, mm. and I guess I should start by saying that I I see the relationship as my client. So mm. it's like, yes, there are people oh, in the snap. room. I get and that. I do I have a relationship with each person in the relationship, but the relationship is really my client. That makes so, good. So That's good. That's good. You can't really take sides. Exactly. Your job is to help fix the, the relationship. The whole. Yes. And so if they're asking me That's that, I'll even use we call it immediacy when we're just giving feedback I'll say like hey it feels like you're really wanting me to take sides here and that's not going to help this relationship to feel better I get why you that's know. good language yeah. it was because I would be like dang if you said that to me I'd be like Dang, well, her, her partner is going to be sitting there trying to just fish yes. it out with me and get them on sides. But as soon as if I take a side or they feel like I'm taking sides, and you're going to hurt the relationship. Yeah, it's going to hurt the relationship. And, and no, so. no client, no, no get paid. <laughs> that also is true. <laughs> hey, come on. Y'all got to come back. You understand me? How do you stay neutral? <laughs> I feel like I would be like, you know what? He was wrong. <laughs> yes, girl, he <laughs> was. <laughs> well, um, part of it, saying? part of it's doing your own work. So I've done a ton of my own therapy. I have my own therapist, and making sure that anything in my past that was of that flavor has been really resolved in process. So you don't pull that into your yeah. Sessions. So that my stuff doesn't show up in the room. Ooh, if like you got an R and V on you, you're gonna be mm-hmm. tough to work with that day. Well, you're like, man, no, nah, my husband was tripping too, girl. Yeah, they both trash. I mean, I know you probably don't talk like that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, girl. Anyway, woo, Chile, woo, Chile. But I never thought about that. You got to keep yourself. I have to be fresh neutral and fresh. And neutral, yeah. otherwise, you are now damaging somebody else's relationship because of your own baggage. Yeah, Bias. when people ask, like, why does therapy cost so much? It's not, you're not just paying for that hour or two hours right. with me. You're paying, you're so paying I don't for go crazy. to go and do my therapy, to go do yoga, to do all this other things that I do to keep myself grounded and regulated. That is a good way to keep your prices the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to have my yoga. Because I got to deal with you and then a whole bunch of people like you. I got to woosah. But I'm also solution focused. So I don't keep clients in therapy forever. We no, figure you out, couldn't. We yeah. figure out what your goals are. We resolve them. And then I hope that you feel like you don't need me anymore. Of course. Because you're already attuned. You're built by neurobiology right. to like do this thing. My job yeah. is to just see what that blocker barrier is that's preventing that attunement from unfurling. Got Get it. that out of the way. And then I trust because yeah, of the attachment absolutely. science that it will just naturally unfurl. I like that. Okay. I'm with you. Oh, okay. So one more um, question, I think, and we'll, I might have some more at the end. Okay. Um, When you are starting out with trust, people don't want to wind up with R&V, but sometimes we might be like overly trusting in the beginning. Sure. Do you have like recommendations for people? um, Actually, I have two questions, but recommendations for people on like how to evolve trust i don't know if evolve is the right word but like how yeah like how what the steps to 
get to like, I fully trust you. Yeah, well, I think um, one thing that I just thought of as you were asking that was um, in the beginning of a relationship, there's mm-hmm. a phase called limerence. Okay. And our brain is basically on drugs. We have mm-hmm. a lot of like serotonin is turned down so that we can obsess and perseverate a little bit. You are We've using got, a lot of big words. Um, so that we can just, to just think about ruminate, to just think about that one thing. You're probably only. a beast at Scrabble. <laughs> I'm so I, good at Scrabble. I, <laughs> You don't even want I just see two words called perseverate, like per what? <laughs> and then we have bonding hormones that are turned on, oxytocin, so that we just want to be with that person. Dopamine's also get, getting pumping. So your brain is on your drugs. Your brain is on drugs. And so that is the time when we do want to have our best friends, have our family, kind of, we're bringing our new partner around them so we can get some reasonable feedback from people that we already ah, trust. So that because we they're not having those same chemical reactions. Exactly. They so can they're going to be a little distant. Or even a, a couple's counsel or like myself, someone who can just kind of help see the relationship. Oh, I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I've said this before, but I don't know if it's true. Does good sex, like early in a relationship, will that increase Cloud. all those things in your mind? Like the like if you feel close and you guys have sex and it's great sex. Oh, yeah, it, the bonding hormones, yeah. It's, will it be more if you guys are actually having sex? Yeah, absolutely. I could see that now mm-hmm. because your brain releases oxytocin uh, when you're having like pleasurable experiences. Yes. And then when you, you know, bust that nut, you'd be like, mm-hmm. man, I love this woman. I want to marry her this yes. moment. Yes. And so that's where we, we use lube. We use lube. <laughs> All, everyone us. use lube. Use <laughs> lube. Everyone should use lube. That everyone. Come on, man. Yes. Have a smooth glide in. Nobody yes. wants painful interactions. You want to have smooth. Like you, you up in the, you didn't notice. I was on my Lola. I was up in that low to make it smooth for you. Anyway, uh, I like that idea of keeping people around you to basically keep you honest mm-hmm. because they're separate from you in the relationship. So how long does that last? Is it a time? It's usually thing? six or eight months, kind of depending. Is it really? What? Yes. Yes. So it's a long time. Months? That's why there is a kind of like a lot of the people break up at that period of time because they kind of come off of those chemicals. Your body's off drugs. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, this isn't that great anymore. Wow. So we have to have something else in place to keep the relationship going. And that's where that bonding and attunement and the intentionality of keeping a relationship. That's why them old yeah. people was like, old folks was like, you got to give them four seasons before you get married. And people <laughs> yeah. get married three. You had spring, summer, fall. Those are good seasons. You ain't mm-hmm. been through no winters yet. Yeah. Dang. I didn't think it was six. I thought you were going to say six to eight weeks. That's what I thought you were going to no say. No months. It's a long time. And for more data just on the science of that, Stan Tatkin is a great book. Um, he has Melissa a book about to nerd out on everything you yeah, said. I'm already reading. Like, no, I'm oh, reading The books. Seven Principles of Marriage. Like, yeah. I'm downloading it today. <laughs> but Stan wow. Tatkin has a book called um, Wired for Love, and he has an audio book called Your Brain on Love. And Your Brain on Love explains just the neurobiology of all of that and the psychology. Dang. Yeah. That's... I, I can see that. I didn't know it was like scientific. Mm-hmm. We just call that butterflies. Yeah. But it's literally it's like oxytocin, literally dopamine, science. and yeah. like neurons firing in your genetic makeup. Like it's not just a feeling like, you know, movies like, oh, I had butterflies. Oh, yeah. Your brain's literally on drugs. Mm-hmm. You're high on love. A lot of those metaphorical things are really based in, in science. science, like a heartfelt sense of things or a gut feeling. We mm-hmm. actually have brain tissue. We have, it's called viscera that's wired around our heart that's and why around we say our a guts. visceral response. Yes, you have a visceral response. If you have a feeling in your gut, that's actually like the dorsal part of your vagus wired onto that viscera and it's kind of associated with a like a, a break pedal or like 
like your parasympathetic nervous system. Your heart has the ventral part of that <laughs> wired. So uh-huh. if you're feeling a heartfelt, that's the sympathetic part of your nervous system, that fight flight or the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. So that's a really real thing. It's not just, you know, butterflies. That is like a crazy. Real, real, your body is good. literally trying to tell you, hey, chill, fam. Uh-huh. Hit that viscera. We on adventure now. We try to tell you to chill, but yeah. that's also sometimes when you just said that because, um, again, listening to Esther Perel, she always says it's, it's visceral. You, you and I'm like, yeah. so I like looked it up and I was like, mm-hmm. I get what she's saying, but it, what you're, it's it's, it's a literally felt, a literal felt sense. Yeah, it's not just a metaphor. Oh, I like that. That was really good. Our bodies are so cool. They are, yeah. man. That human being, man. God was out here, bro. He was like, man, I'm finna <laughs> Okay, so here. wait, we didn't go through all of the phases. So after you off drugs, child, then what happens? Mm-hmm. Then that's where the rubber meets the road and we really start bonding. And um, if you've heard of, um, Gottman mm-hmm. has a, mo- a model called the Sound Relationship House. Okay. Um, it's sort of like building a house. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where we start building the foundation. foundation. And then we kind of start moving up into um, our first conflict. Around that time is when you'll kind of have your first conflicts and you'll start to figure out what the conflict cycle yeah. is in the relationship. Conflict in e- cycle? Yeah, what in, is, in EFT, we would call, like every relationship has a primary conflict cycle. So it's the more you do this, the more she feels this way, which makes her do this, which makes you feel this way, which makes you do this. And you're often running into that cycle. And so there's a few kind of main patterns. Got it, people got either move towards each other and kind of like attack, defend. Mm-hmm. They'll move away from each other and just like, withdraw and be quiet and not talk or they'll do a kind of combo where they'll like demand and criticize and then leave and then come back (laughs) are you tripping and you trash i gotta go to work yeah i'm leaving (laughs) then they come back and so there's and another thing yeah those are the three kind of main conflict cycles but if you do a whole other episode on conflict cycle well i think it's so so beneficial especially like at the beginning of the relationship to figure out what our cycle is and agree that when it's happening we stop it yeah. We slow down and we move into our repair process instead because if we just let it happen, it's going to erode trust and it's going to decrease our attunement. What are examples of the repair cycle um, or repair, yeah, a repair uh, process? process? Yeah, so a good example, um, if you just search Gottman aftermath of a, of, it's called aftermath of a regrettable incident, which I think is a really cute way of saying that. A regrettable yeah. incident. <laughs> But it's a five-step process. You can print it out. It's really handy. So it just walks you through so that you're sharing what your feelings are. You're going through about like what our perceptions of the experience are, what sort of set us up to be crunchy already going into it, then what we really need and what one thing we can work on and what one thing our partner can work on. Because that's, I say, the the part of the repair process most people forget Uh is that part. Like, what are we going to do differently Mm -hmm. so that we feel better next time? You know what? So we always say marriage is work and talking to you like think about all the stuff you said like how many tools you (laughs) need to live in in harmony with another human being like there's nothing more difficult than another human being yes (laughs) because it's not a roommate like a roommate is like bro don't talk to me i don't talk to you you pay Uh your half i pay my half i clean up on wednesdays the stakes are different yeah totally different stakes but the marriage is like yes there's Mm -hmm. no emotional and that emotional bond both is what makes it great and what makes it more difficult to work through. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff, you I feel like me and Melissa have a lot, maybe not all, uh, but I don't think we had words for conflict. We definitely have a conflict cycle. When yeah. you said, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is how mm-hmm. she And most people don't. This tripping. is like pretty, last 10 or 20 years, we've gotten this, the this wording language. For this? Yeah, it's from really? Sue Johnson. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. So I, if if I could teach couples one thing and one thing only, it would be to help them see what their conflict cycle is, and then teach. And that would be process. different with a different person, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because your relationships are all about dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Melissa been saying that, but I wanted to say it right there. Esther Perel. Yeah, Man, are. that is so valuable to if you could see that. Like there's so much in this conversation I'm seeing, there's so much preventative work yes. and also insight. Mm -hmm. You could see, like, if I notice Melissa's doing three of these things, like some of them you might not be able to notice because they're internal mm -hmm. for the other person. But if you notice that, you'd be like, hey, what's what's Let's up? Talk. What's I'm going feeling on? this. Yeah. And maybe that could prevent it from going on to the next, you know, step in the proverbial flow chart. Yeah, so many times just not talking, excellent. just not talking is at the heart of so many of these so RNVs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I would imagine that people in a fragile state in their relationship um, would have a hard time talking because it might be met with defensiveness or you feel embarrassed or maybe you just feel ashamed mm -hmm. for like feeling the way that you feel. So how do you model this conversation? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So well, part one, sometimes there is like a, just within the person, a emotion dismissing kind of quality. And so uh, with a lot of couples I work with, um, they'll be concurrently working with individual counselors, counselors as well. So we're increasing that emotional intelligence and all of the mm -hmm. kind of fluidity just with the language. But um, I'm, I love that. I'm really relational as a therapist. So I'm going to be kind of embodying almost like a mom or a parent. Sure, yeah. Like the clients are almost experiencing me bonding with them. And Got so it. the way that I interact, the other partner can kind of see it. And um, you'll, I'll even have like, especially a lot of husbands will be like, okay, I'm going to do my therapist. I'm going to do the mojo therapist language now. Right. And try it. <laughs> so they can kind of like hear what's effective because they right. see me de-escalate their partner. And they're like, how did you do that? I yes. want to be able to do, how'd you calm her like that? That'd be a valuable a valuable tool in everyday life outside oh, of the yeah, RMV, just absolutely. like, man, she's tripping right now. Mm -hmm. I got to de-escalate her. Because oh, yeah. you can't say calm down, relax. Has Don't anyone ever relax. calmed down in the history oh, of anyone saying God. calm That's down? Like, literally, <laughs> no. You would no. think that word helps. It's the worst thing you can say. I thought about it, but I'd be like, man, that's not going to work. So can, give a, can you give us one takeaway here that people can do if they're like... I want to have this conversation, but I don't know how. And maybe you yeah, can't because slicey, it's so unique. You, you just did it beautifully. Oh, what I say? I want to have this conversation, but I don't know how. Slice Ooh, it thinner. So if you say like, slice it thinner. Yeah. So if the mm -hmm. feel like if one person has a feeling, I'll say like, can you share that per that feeling with your partner? And they're like, nope. I'll slice it thinner. Tell me what it's like imagining sharing that with your partner. And so they just, say just it. yeah, they'll say it to me because it's just you know we don't have that same bond, and so yeah. partner can hear it, but it just feels different. If that I mediation key it. is like so different. Having a person, Melissa and I have had so many times. Melissa and I. Mm. And Greg and his wife, Mel, Melissa's sister, will have couples conversations. And so many times I'd be like talking to Greg, but talking to Melissa. And she'd be talking to Mel, but talking to me. Mm -hmm. And then Greg be talking to me, but talking to Mel. Yeah. And it'd be like, it, sometimes it's just easier not to mm -hmm. say it directly to the person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is why I tell people about therapy when they ask, you know, certain advice. It's like, first of all, a therapist asks certain questions that uncover the root of your thing so much quicker and easier than than a regular person. So They're literally trained. You are literally trained. Like when we took my son, she was to the meat and we was mm -hmm. all crying. Like, damn girl, he didn't waste yeah, time. Like, we only got 40 minutes in here. Boom, 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 boom. I'm crying. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that's because a lot of times you don't even know your own feelings and you don't know the question to get you to express that until you do. Mm -hmm. And the other part is just having a a, a neutral person can allow you to say things you can't say. Because the thing is, if I tell my wife something that upsets her, she's going to be upset. 
If I tell you, she can hear it with a little bit. That one piece of separation takes yeah. that little distance takes the edge mm-hmm. off, and she might be able to. And hear then it a I more. can take what you said and I can reframe it. So you yeah. can say, "I'm so pissed," and I'm like, "I'm hearing that you're really scared." You're terrified, and this feels really vulnerable. Then the partner's like, oh, that's how they feel underneath. Okay. Emotional. So listen, Mojo. Listen, Morgan. Morgan, I've been waiting for an opportunity to say this because I wanted to say it a couple minutes ago. That one of the things that um, I've been really big on here recently is an emotional will. I'll post it because people have been asking me. Don't forget, Melissa. I'm going to post it for y'all on the Instagram. Oh, the rainbow wheel? It's a rainbow wheel. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I think it's great. I love it. Part of the reason. I even started looking at it. You use um, emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. that's beautiful phrasing. I love it. Um, Is that we often only have or can identify two feelings, happiness and anger. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's fair. (laughs) That's it. I'm either happy. I'm not happy. I'm mad then. That's it. (laughs) And so what I literally. Yeah. But the wheel has like all all of those options. Yes. And And so issues. Our, the root feelings, mm-hmm. like when you said pissed, I heard vulnerable, scared, ang- and all that. Mm-hmm. But men, we we have even less words than y'all. Yes, and a lot of just times, yeah, a lot of a lot of times I'll say like, does that feel scary? And they're like, no, no, I ain't never scared because it could be whatever. Right. Right. I'll fire right. on fear. Yes, right. and so that's why I have to kind of explain that like anger is a secondary; it's a reactive emotion, so it's always on the surface. The only time it's a primary is say like a mom is lifting a car off a baby or something like that. Then it could be primary, but mm. every other time. We scoot it over and there's sadness, loneliness, fear. And we don't have, not only do we not have like the language to say that, but even if you were like loneliness and I'm like, no, I'm mad. It's Mm -hmm. because I really don't even know how loneliness feels feels Mm -hmm. because I've identified it as anger. I don't know how rejection feels because I've identified it as anger. Like you don't have, you just, you don't even know how it feels. So I've studied this wheel, so to speak, and allowed myself to sit in, what am I really Mm -hmm. feeling? What is really going on? Oh, I'm lonely. That's what's going on. Oh, I feel rejected. That's what's going on. Then when you have a conversation with your spouse, it's not simply I'm mad at you Mm -hmm. and this situation is making me mad and you're it's what's happening is I feel a sense of rejection why because you left and I wanted to spend time with you and I felt Mm -hmm. like you chose your friends over me yeah we don't say that that's so just just I love that modeling of describing ourselves instead of our partner that's one of the fastest ways to turn conflict down Mm. don't describe what your partner's doing don't describe what their motivations are talk about what your feelings are what your needs are and that's the narrative I'm telling myself yeah (laughs) Melissa and I haven't been using I don't know where she got it. What's from Brene Brown? Brene Brown. Mm. It's the narrative I'm telling myself. Oh, yes. And because a lot of times it's not what your spouse is doing or oh, meaning to communicate. Yeah. But it's, it do, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your interpretation I, of. It's my interpretation. And then they can say, oh, no, I was even I was I was doing this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's so much more helpful when they can say this is what's and now it's not on you yes. because it's, I'm telling myself this mm-hmm. narrative this based is the on narrative this I'm telling myself. and then I can clear girl mm-hmm. no I didn't even that this is the narrative mm-hmm. you know yeah you can even say like I heard you say instead of saying you said just I heard you say is yes. the easiest tweak to that. take some of that because that means out. this is how I'm interpreting yeah, what you're saying exactly. not necessarily this is exactly what you mm-hmm. said that we and, all just have different perceptions and we have to right. honor the kind of both and in that yes and I think when you do that what I heard you say versus what you said is um, when I say what you said 
good, I'm ascribing a motive. Yes, and we don't don't describe your partner's motivations. Yeah. That's a fast way to get into the conflict. Cycle. And now, right. the one time you do want to say you said is when she says <laughs> you said we could have sex because you said that, and I heard you say that. And I heard you when you said that. So let's do that. I have a video of you saying that yeah. on my phone. <laughs> so what actually happened is you said this. Oh, I ain't say that. No, no. I heard you say, whoa. Um, speaking of hearing, I want to tell you about Audible. You guys, I have a book club with over 4,000 members. We just hit over 4,000 members. Shout out to the Boo Hive. Shout out to the Boo Hive headquarters. They got me a desk because they were afraid that I was going to um, drop my laptop, but I forgot to put it together. So I'm going to have it Is next week for y'all. Is that what that thing in the room was? Yes, and I just didn't put it I together. I was going to help you with that, but I didn't. Yeah, and we went out of town and yeah. tried a whole bunch of stuff. And so I will have that. Thank y'all for that. Um, it's so much more than a book club, to be honest. We talk about some of everything. We talked about T.I. We talked about Kev's videos. We talk about the love hour. We talk about some of everything. But one of the most important parts of a book club, obviously, is the books that we pick. So every month, what I do is choose an audiobook for us to listen to. This month, we are listening to An American Marriage by, I think her name is Tariri Jones. I should look it up. Um, it is called An American Marriage. It is a great audiobook to listen to because it has the makings of a good, juicy drama. It has a couple that was once happily married. Then an event happens and changes their whole world. Incredible. There is a... <laughs> relational norm violation that happens later on in the audiobook and the outpouring of that is kind of the um the plot of the book so to of the audiobook so to speak it has been really good really juicy has generated really good conversations um in my book club so you definitely should join and even if you don't join you definitely should get your um your subscription to Audible because they have amazing ways for all of us to stay connected and fulfill our New Year's resolution to listen to more audiobooks through the year. You know, we always start at the beginning of the year. We're going to audio listen to so many books in the year. We never do it. But Audible makes it really easy before women and people that are on the go, busy. We got lives to do. We cannot just sit down and read a book. I can't because I don't have time for that. So the opportunity to listen while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, while I'm getting dressed for the podcast. All of those things makes it really, really easy for me. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible Originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash love hour or text love hour to 500 500 again that's audible.com slash love hour or text love hour to 500 500 that's audible a-u-d-i-b-l-e dot com slash love hour or text love hour to 500 500 when you go to audible.com slash love hour make sure you choose an american marriage and then join the book club Okay, so we got some questions for my book club. Shout out to the book club oh, before okay. we started. So let's answer those. Um, does everyone deserve a second chance after a norm Ooh, violation? That's a good question. I'm inclined to say that it just depends. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard. To, that's a really hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. um, 
it also depends if we're on a second chance or a third chance mm -hmm. or a fourth chance or a fifth chance. I'm kind of inclined to give a second or third chance if we really were bonded and had a really good relationship. We want to keep the relationship together. Mm -hmm. um, there are times where someone will show you with their behavior that they are not going to change. And mm -hmm. I don't think you want to give chances if someone is is not embodying apology. A real apology is a behavior change. So if yep. someone is just saying words to you again and again and they're not changing their behavior, then that's where you want to kind of step back into that, what we'd call discernment or deciding like, that's is my... this the relationship for me or not? Embodying it an apology was a really good language. Mm. That's the secret sauce in the work. Sometimes I'll have um, a, an involved partner say sorry a hundred times and it's not until they can really feel it and mm -hmm. cry and show their partner the remorse and the regret and the sincere felt, visceral felt mm -hmm. sense of that emotion that we can move forward. Ooh, that was Be good. Be good indeed. That was good. Um, next question. How do you know when to throw in the towel? That's also super, super yeah, it's kind of the same. It's really personal for everyone. Um, I think I told you there's only been a few relationships I've worked with where we've decided like this wasn't the right relationship for them. I think um, I'm really optimistic in the work I do because I've seen so many people heal through it, especially yeah. if, we're, if we're talking about relational norm violations. When do we throw in the towel? I would invite people to give it a lot of time, especially if you're working with a, a good right. uh, tr a trust recovery specialist or a counselor who really knows their stuff then there's a yeah. good chance that we can actually save the relationship. I think there's a misconception that this, I was just this, about to this say breaks that. relationships up. More times than not, they stay together. I, I have a question. Go for it. Do you ever feel like LeBron, when you start off with a relationship that seems in salvageable and then you save it do you ever be like boy i'm out here yes. mojo it could be whatever i dunked on that relationship oh i've dunked on some relationships <laughs> yeah. you got a triple double like really though no it's it's really fulfilling work because yeah. people come in the most hopeless they've ever been in the relationship mm -hmm. sometimes ha hating each other feeling completely broken feeling ptsd and then we come to a place you know yeah. maybe six months maybe a year maybe a year and a half depends right. how good i'm working right. <laughs> um, where they start to move towards each other again and the relationships actually get better I've because, heard that a lot. Yeah, because they actually understand each other finally. They attune and know what they need from each yeah. other so that they're getting their needs met. So the relationship feels better than it did before. I could, you know, I never really, uh, I've heard that a lot, but I never thought how mm -hmm. that could happen. But now understanding how they got there yes. and realize it's, because I used to think maybe naivete, it was just about the act. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wanted to some other butt. Yeah, that just butt like was this boring. thing just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, none of those things was like the sex is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not new sex. It's a whole host of other things. So if you start to, I can imagine, you start to unpack those other things. Mm -hmm. Now you maybe have uncovered another level of yourself and your partner. And maybe you even feel closer as a result. Oh, yeah, absolutely. R&V can bring you closer together. I wouldn't mm -hmm. recommend starting there. Yeah, that's not my favorite way to bond. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't recommend that. Right. I think Esther Perel even yeah. says something like that because they yeah. ask her, like, oh, are, they, like, are yeah. you pro R&Vs? And she's I like, her, I heard that no, episode. I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. Wouldn't recommend it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Zinan one Zinan of the would not recommend. yeah, and one of the things she talks about in her analogy when I heard her answer the question, she was like, "I wouldn't recommend."
recommend um, uh, RNV in the same way I wouldn't recommend someone get cancer. But the life and the awareness that Mm -hmm. happens to a person who's experienced something such as cancer is something that gives, it's a new appreciation for life. And that's kind of, I think, no, I ain't saying go out and cheat on your spouse or whatever. But um, there there can be something um, positive, I don't know. Transform it into a story of resilience that the relationship can have. Like it's sort of like it's healthy for all relationships to do this kind of just make a list together of all the things that we have accomplished together, all the dragons that we've kind of fought together, Mm. things that we've overcome and look back at that list frequently. Like then you can add, we went through this awful experience. We went to counseling and sat with some wacky lady who was like, (laughs) we didn't trust her at the beginning. And now it it really becomes part of the fabric of your story, a story of resilience. That was good. Um, Oh, I was going to ask you, how do you deal with people who feel like this is one of my like non-negotiable, I've experienced this Mm RNV and it was one of my things. If he does this, if she does this, then I'm out. Mm -hmm. If I honor people's non-negotiables, I'll always kind of provide the information and give psychoeducation so they know that there's other options. Um, if they wanted to try and stay, but if if it was a, a non-negotiable and they sort of promised that to themselves, then I would uh, I would honor that. Mm. How it's always a bummer though, because I'm like, oh, but I think that y'all could yeah. connect again. So then I have to I have to back myself up because like, it's not I about can't dunk me. On you today. Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky because I would have went for a triple double on y'all relationship. <laughs> but hey, man, coach took me out the game. So <laughs> what if they're like, I'm willing to give it a try? That's usually what. That's often I would say that probably seventy like percent of mm. hurt partners come in. Saying like I don't know, but I'm willing to like see. I'm willing to give so it a shot. Me there's a chance. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's a b- long, bumpy road. Melissa has mm-hmm. said that an RNV is a get out, uh, not a get out jail free card, a uh, non negotiable mm-hmm. uh, for her. I'd be curious to see. I'm not put your head down. I just I never thought of. Um, you just never think of this stuff, this work. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. It's um, I'm not gonna get this point. Well, I and I think part of it is (laughs) I parachute out. I think I understand (laughs) what you're saying. Uh, but I think part of something that's so important and why I think you're saying like it depends and is because depending on the emotional connection, so to speak, before like when you were in a healthy, happy place in your relationship, kind of depends on if you're willing to make it work. I don't know. Is that true or not? Can you can you rephrase that? So meaning So if it felt really good before? Yes. And then you went you through this bond. you had a strong yes. bond, then you went through it's, this rough it, patch. It just goes the it's more efficient work I'd say. Like if you were already bonded and it, you had a really strong trust system and mm-hmm. really good connection, mm-hmm. it's easier work for me and it'll take us less time generally to get through. Yeah. If things were already distressed and disconnected, mm-hmm. that those are generally the ones that aren't going to even try. They're going to just break up and they won't even show up in my office. Got you know what's it. funny? We I I did an RNV, but it wasn't cheating. It was a financial RNV. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought a car without Melissa's uh, express written com- uh, approval. <laughs> That's and, a really common one, actually. My office. Man, here, totally. and I was really surprised at how offended she was. Like it was as almost as if I like stepped outside. Of her. It was like mm-hmm. a, um, and maybe for her that financial trust as equally as important as a emo- as a like stepping outside of a relationship. Maybe not equally, but. But I was genuinely surprised at how upset she was, you know, because I was like, oh, I'm going to pay for it. Like, it ain't even a money thing, but it really wasn't about that. It was about 
trust, being seen, feeling valued. And mm-hmm. those are the same feelings that brought you, to the fold. Yeah. Yes. It was mm-hmm. like, well, you just feel like, you know, you could do whatever you want. You know what I mean? And, and in my mind, um, the narrative I was telling myself is <laughs> I have to get this car or I can't provide for my family. Mm-hmm. If I can't provide for my family, I'm not a good husband or father. Yeah, it was a vulnerable thing. Yes, and like I'm I'm gonna tell you one thing about me, you ain't never gonna stop me from people need to eat last name Fredericks. I do what I gotta do. And this car broken, I right, I'll pay two fifty to get this new car and I'm gonna go out and make this. And that's she didn't see that. Mm. She heard you I don't care what you say, I'm doing what I wanna do. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's a an example of how um, even using that correct language can help people realize that's not what I was saying, yeah. but it is what I communicated. Mm-hmm. And those are two separate things. It may not be what you intended to communicate, mm-hmm. but that is what that's you what was absorbed. Yeah. Yes. And you have to clarify and clear that up because you got a person sitting here with a uh, with. Uh, <laughs> so this is a terrible analogy or maybe it's a great one. Have you seen Talladega Nights? Yes, yes. Okay. So Ricky Bobby's dad was like, if you ain't first, you're last. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when he got older, he was like, man, you're the one that said if you ain't first, you're last. He was like, man, I was probably high when I said that. You could be second, <laughs> yeah. third, fourth. Hell, you could be fifth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ricky Bobby lived his whole life with bad information. Mm-hmm. And the person who did that was like, I don't, bro, I don't know what I was saying. I was yeah. on. Dr-. And he's like, bro, that was my whole life. And I feel like that's what happens in marriages. A lot of times what we communicated isn't what we meant, and that person is taking that oh, yeah. at face value. And nine times out of ten, what we're asking is, are you there for me? We're mm-hmm. asking, are you, and this yeah. is from Sue Johnson, she's just, the, it stands for, are you accessible to me? Are you responsive when I reach out? And are you emotionally engaged? So it might sound like, why didn't you do the dishes? But it's, are you there for me? Why did you buy a car without asking me? Are you there for me? If you can tune into that attachment channel and hear that language, conflict just kind of melts off. So, ooh, Morgan. Yeah. Sorry, I'm hitting you. No, no. It's okay. um, uh, have you seen The Breakup? Um, with Jennifer. With, with Jennifer yeah, Aniston. Okay. It's been a while, though, but there, there's a great conflict scene. I want scene you to yes. watch. That so that's, that I, uh, this I, is the scene Jennifer that I'm talking about. Yeah. I love this scene. and I want you to want to do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. So what, you're, what I'm hearing you say mm-hmm. and the interpretation of that moment, because I'm yeah. like, I get it, but I'm like, I don't know why I get it, but also yes. I totally get what she's, she's trying asking, to say. She's asking, are you there for me? Yeah, she's saying, will you be accessible when I reach out to you? Will you respond? And will you be emotionally attuned and available to me? Do you value my thing? I'm tired, too. I I went to work, too. Mm -hmm. You get to go do your thing. I got to do this stuff. That was good. Mm -hmm. That was good. The other secret thing um, that I think is fun to think about is in most relationships, we're only asking one of two questions. We're asking, am I getting it right or do you love me? And it sort of depends on the person. Some people ask both of those, but in moments of conflict, if you can tune in and think like, are they asking like, am I hitting it right? Am I getting it right? Am I getting it right? Or what was the other or one? Or do I'm you love it. me? And so those are also kind of associated with that attachment. So more anxiously attached yeah. people are going to be asking, do you love me? And the more avoidantly attached people are going to be asking like, am I getting it right? I'll be asking, good. am I getting it right all the time? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got teary-eyed. That was really good. I don't oh, know why. Mama. You think about when I be getting it right, you're like, man, he got it right. You hear me? <laughs> Lola. We use Lola. <laughs> um, That's crazy because I want to go back to the emotional wheel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you getting it right? And are you there for me? Or do you love me? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That comes out in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And the other person is not oh, reading that as the question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, why? 
Do you want to express what what do you think got to you? Well, we also just talked about two of the most vulnerable um, components to our hearts. So, like, if it resonated for you, it might just have touched a little neural network that has some emotion in it. It's so normal. I ain't even crying, bro. You just touched my neural network. I don't even know why. It was so random. Yeah, just make room for it. Oh, Don't tell her that she gonna bust <laughs> out. She, I never tell her that because she be smacking. Kevin, you making me cry, like girl. I did nothing to you. Yes, you do. Oh, that was really good. Okay, anything else? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I know. That's why I'm like, I don't know why I cried. It just Are you was feeling like, that I'm oh. not there for you or feeling that I am? No, I just really like those questions. Yeah. Those questions were so good you start crying? Like, I love these questions. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I love them so much. Oh, I wore a smoky eye. I can't be crying like this. <laughs> now you got wet. You got smoky eye with water. Um, you got mud eye. <laughs> They can't all be funny, Josh. Okay. Okay, I you think. You gotta shoot them. Um, Swamp I, eye. That would have been better. Okay, Kev, do you have anything else? Oh yeah, everybody's a comedian now. <laughs> I don't have anything else because I don't know what you own right now. I'm I don't either. To turn the cameras off. No, and you spend I have time one more with question. Morgan one on one. I think you know this was when great. I was in sixth grade, nobody was there. For My me. last question is: um, when all of your years of experience and. Um, reading books and research and all of those things what is the best piece of advice that you can give to couples about re- about relational norm violation Ooh, good about question. tuning about mm, conflict let's go with attunement i feel like i just want to know what you want to say but g- give us four then. i feel like the r&v because that's what okay we're go about go with r&v yeah oh like you know making what repairs i would say like and when we hit our conflict cycle when it happens mm-hmm. not just Going away from each other and like hoping that we wake up the next morning feeling better. Yeah. Intentionally saying, hey, let's talk about what happened mm. and connecting emotionally around it. Yeah. And like getting to that, hey, we're on the same team kind of page. The repair process is yeah. probably the most important thing and the most forgotten about thing. I think um, any good relationship counselor you go to will teach you a way to, to repair and reconnect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's just normal. Um, I define relationship as um, this is from Jean Baker Miller, who's mm-hmm. did relationship. How many books have you? You read all of them. Enough, <laughs> enough, Morgan. They just books. flow out of you. All of the books. So, relationship is connection, disconnection, and reconnection. Connection, disconnection, reconnection, around and around. So, yeah. we're not trying to stop fighting or stop conflict. We want to just get better at it. And the way to do that is to experience yeah. it and repair. So, you we know what I think? It. This is one thing I want to share. Uh, so, Melissa and I have been together for 20 years, right? And mm, one thing that I found <laughs> so, what is a issue or what may have not offended her years ago now might be. Oh, yeah. And that's what people I feel like. People change. People change. Yeah, we grow and together. What, yes. And what people don't understand or maybe they underestimate is how hard it is to to adjust to somebody that that you that that's never affected them that way before. Right. And mm-hmm. you're genuinely like, what? I don't Yeah. What? The first hundred thousand times I did this, it was fine. Yes. But now yes. Yeah, because our partner has evolved or has just mm-hmm. it just different season in life. Hormones change us. There's all kinds yes. of things. Culture. Life life mm-hmm. happens. Well, you know, uh, Melissa's parents got divorced. She had kids. We moved here. I got mm-hmm. fired. Like in each of those pockets of life, like the more near we were to the a uh, regrettable incident. Mm-hmm. The more raw those potential emotions. Yeah. Were. So when I got uh, when I got fired um, Wait, at Key Bank, regrettable inciting incident is a better word oh, yeah, for I what just you're kept describing. Because she said it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what 
when I got fired from Key Bank, I was actually just so PJ Morton. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a great musician. Mm-hmm. He he had this song called "Let Go and Let God," and he sang it on this guy's YouTube video. And I played that song when I got fired. I knew I was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting in the bank like they're going to fire me anyway. So I was reading <laughs> the Bible and listening to this song. Yeah. So this he sang the song. I hadn't heard him sing it in a long time because he wrote it for somebody else. I said all that to say when I heard that song, it took me right back to. Kev's about to get fired. I just got fired. Mm-hmm. So when I got fired, I just realized. I told Melissa this after I heard that song. I said, I realized that, like, I can joke about it now, but at that time, I was like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna feed my kids or pay my mortgage, mm-hmm. and that for me as a as a provider, that was like the most oh, useless. Okay. I'm just like, you are trash. Mm-hmm. Now in this part of my life, now I have ways to turn on income. I could go on the road. I could mm-hmm. do this. I can go back and get a job. But at that time. I literally only worked at a daycare and a bank. Mm-hmm. And the a day- really vulnerable yes. situation. And our mortgage was built on the bank job. So going back to the daycare mm-hmm. wasn't going to cut it. So at that time, stuff Melissa said, now she she could have made a joke about, you you, can't, you ain't the man I make more money than you prior, even though she did. Wouldn't have hurt me that much because I had a job. But if she would have made that joke when I got fired, mm-hmm. you would have been coming for my whole existence. Mm-hmm. I thank God she didn't. But now she can make that joke again because I'm not in that same place. And I think that's what people underestimate because they think oh you guys have been together so long but what you mm-hmm. don't understand is sometimes things are harder because you are used to a certain a person acting a certain way for 15 20 mm-hmm. years and when they change and they make a hard turn you got to make a lot of adjustments mm-hmm. and sometimes like melissa's case and i melissa and i melissa 2.0 just say it melissa this new edition it was it was a big turn it was a very much bif- different turn we had no therapist that's just mm-hmm. me and my own lord and savior jesus christ mm-hmm. and i'd be like jesus can you help me with her i don't know this woman at all she looks familiar but she's tripping all the time but what i realized is it was a once i realized what was happening i'm like oh some of the ways we used to interact we're not going to be able to interact like that mm-hmm. anymore. And it was a lot of work on me yeah. to adjust to love her in this current version. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the work that I think people don't uh, anticipate uh, happening. Um, the Gottmans call it love mapping when mm-hmm. we're kind of getting to know the internal world of mm-hmm. our partner. And they um, Gottman says we have to continuously update our love maps. There's especially remember in Limerick maps has been updated. Yeah, exactly. Got to update the map. I'll be on to stuff and don't be knowing I'll be on to stuff. Because especially like in the... Um, are you talking to Josh or yourself? Joshua. Oh. In the, <laughs> I mean, I know you're talking to him, but are you talking to you? He's my mirror. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm in, sorry. No, no, you're good. In the limerence stage, we're love mapping really hard. So that first six to mm-hmm. eight months, mm-hmm. everything that your partner talks about is the most fascinating tell me more about that i love that too want to go here yes we just love map so hard and then after that limerence ends it kind of trails off unless we do that work intentionally so we have to keep you know going on a date night asking each other questions kind of figuring out because i've got clients who are like in their like 80s and 90s and they're still learning new things about each other that never stops let me tell you this is going to be the best analogy or the worst (laughs) and i'm sorry we went to atlanta visit melissa's dad right he just bought a new house and the whole neighborhood was new, like literally didn't exist. So he sent Melissa the address and we're punching it into Google Maps mm-hmm. and it's like no results found, oh, yeah. right? So we got to call him like, are you sure it's the right address? He repeats it back to us. Mm-hmm. I put it in my phone. We're like, maybe it's the internet thing. Address is not coming up. No, that's so he's a like, oh, you know analogy. what? This doesn't even, this part of the map doesn't exist yet. So he had to send us to another address that was close to his house. Yeah. And then he had to come out and meet us mm-hmm. and then follow us into 
his address. I like this analogy. And that's what it's love good, mapping yeah. is. Sometimes I'm changed so much. You, This ain't even on the map. I'm going to have to come out from this map place and meet you here. Like send a carrier pigeon to let you send, know that there's and, and been walk a... <laughs> you to my house. Mm-hmm. because they, And they're still right now in his house. There still ain't no map there, but we know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what love is. Yeah, Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> Dr. I wanna, Phil McGraw. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say. No, man, that was it. Uh, no, no you did good. I want to say. Okay. <laughs> I want to say two oh, things about this. Uh, if you start I, crying again, then she will start crying. I'm not going to cry again. Cry. Yeah, you go into uh, I'm a real one, cuz. Ain't uh, <laughs> I? have really enjoyed this conversation, Morgan. Like, Me seriously. Um, but one of the things I think is so important, and I think it will help people that you said mm-hmm. about continually, um, continuously updating your love map, mm-hmm. is a lot of times as we get... Um, more seasoned in our relationships, we always want to go back to how people were and think of like the good old days instead of doing that intentional work again, getting to know each other again, recognize that recognizing that we're growing, we're evolving and we're changing and finding that, um, that newness, that freshness, that novelty of the relationship again Mm -hmm. and recreating that love map. And so what happens later on is you're like, we've been married for 20 years. You haven't done that work. And then you grow apart. Heart. Because, yes. like you said, I've ventured off into new territory, and you, you haven't no gone there with me. Yeah, yes. we sort of lose each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. I saw that too just now. That analogy. I had one more question. When you say attunement, there's a definition that comes to my mind. Can mm-hmm. you give us yours? Yeah. So attuning is tuning into your partner's mm-hmm. internal world. So it's being able to understand them, to listen in, to feel their feelings with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort Got of it. like a like a band if they're kind of like I was going to make that up. analogy. Yeah, totally making sure that we're in, on the same page. Give me a basically. deal on the piano. Let me tune my mm-hmm. best. Exactly. Like, oh, we're all the same now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is. She musicians. just reminded us we're that all she. Yeah, I'm not, used to play this. It's been a long Stop time. Minimi- she played the sax. It's been a long. time. Oh, do not time. minimize that sax. She playing. always <laughs> minimize herself. It's her been self. a long. Can we talk time. about that with her? No, this episode's over. Oh, the food's here. No, come on in, man. Come no, you in. welcome anytime. Now we really got to close. No, we are right <laughs> I have to pee, Melissa. I am. I was gonna wait for Joshua. No, is you asked more questions. I just had. Okay, listen, Morgan. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I had, I've learned, first of all, so much. This was such a dense, rich episode. We covered a lot of ground in mm. probably 75 minutes. Um, it has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much for having me. This was such a treat. Oh, I've had a great time. So can you tell the people where they can follow you? Because I know they're going to be like, listen, she gave us a lot of information. Let me follow her right now. Yeah, at Connect with Morgan Johnson on Instagram or connectwithmorganjohnson.com. Okay. And um, you are in the Austin area. Yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. ATX. Um, are you a hookup horn? Eh, I don't really care too much about sports. Unfortunately, I'm very boring. It's a connecting moment. You Ew, she turned away. Welcome, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. You see that I know, card? I that was me saying. Turn you turned away from me. I turned against you. Are you accepting new clients? Um, currently have a wait list. But okay. Yeah. I bet you do with all this good information. Connect with MorganJohnson.com if you're in the Austin, do Texas area. Do your RNVs now. Then when y'all need to work it out, she might have a Don't do the open. RNVs. But if you're thinking about doing it, please go see Miss <laughs> yeah. Morgan. Save your relationship. Thank you so very much for joining us. Um, I have one announcement and that is this. The day this episode drops will be the last day the Plus One tickets will be on sale. I am closing out registration. Close of business. 
Thursday, December, whatever day. So if you're interested in going, I got all of like five tickets, there, something like that. Say, is there even any tickets available? Listen, buy your tickets now. That's it. That's the only announcement I got. Until the next time, thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye. Bye.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.